We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Light Years, Andy Lou. Sunday morning, recorded pre-All-Star game. We know Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid won't play tonight, but I mean, do we really even care? <laughs> it's something to watch. You know, there's no no Giants tonight. There's no NBA. <laughs> yeah, there's no football. There's no NBA. There's no there's nothing. So you know, I'm excited. We'll see if Steph can win the three point shooting contest. He always loses. Good for him for doing it uh, because you know he doesn't have to. It's like LeBron with the dunk contest. Yeah, these yeah. guys never want to do it because it feels like they just know that if they don't win, then they Steph doesn't care, right? Like he just he's like whatever, just, just throw me out there. I don't care. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was gonna say, uh, you know, it, that's kind of why the three point contest is cooler than the dunk contest these days because it's like the three point contest. You're gonna get Steph if Clay's healthy. You're gonna get him. You're gonna get like Joe. Hair. You're gonna get the best shooters. Do we ever get the best dunkers? No. no. Like, like LeBron is one of the best dunkers I've ever seen. Russell Westbrook's up there too. Yeah. But in the 90s, in the 80s, Michael Jordan always did the dunk contest because he's not afraid. I mean, it's true. Like, stuff's Love of the game. He, he truly, he knows that if he loses, people are still going to say he's the great. Like, here's the thing. Like, if he loses tonight, doesn't get out of the first round, he's still the greatest shooter of all time. Mm-hmm. Like if LeBron or or Zion, if Zion was in tonight and he lost, it's not like anybody would say Zion's not a good dunker. So I and I don't understand it. I don't know. Zion's playing in the All Star game tonight, anyway. He they say he's a starter now for Team Durant because because uh because the Philly guys are out. So be cool if he was doing it, man. It'd be nice. Zion, one of the best dunkers in the uh in the league right now, one of the most exciting players in the league right now. Just a. There's just not a lot of things like Zion. Like, you just don't see guys that size elevate like that. But anyway, this isn't what this is pod is about. Today, we are discussing... Today, we are discussing the Warriors' first half of the season. We're giving our grades on how we think 
various people did. Newsflash, I think Steph Curry will get a high grade. Um, and then later we will talk about what we want to see in the second half of the season. The Warriors are 19 and 18. As we said on the last pod, I'm not as upset about the record, but when you watch the games, there are a, there was opportunities missed for them to be a couple games up higher up, maybe be less in the eight seed, more in the five, six range. At least three, four games. I mean, off the bat, you can kind of just, I mean, the game that just happened, Charlotte, uh, a Spurs game. Down, like, you can probably name, like, eight games that they let get away and say, like, they probably should have won four of them. And so yeah. that, that, that'll put them at, what, like, 23 and 14, which is, I mean, damn. That'd be, that'd be an A, right? Yeah, but obviously, that, that's not the case. Yeah, and I, in general, so I guess we'll start with the team as a whole. I think the team as a whole is a B-. minus in terms of expectations for me, I don't think they necessarily have underachieved in the first half, like by any means, but there was room and a would have been massively out kicking your coverage. They're basically right on pace for their Vegas win total, um, which is neither good nor bad. It just means you're on, it just means you're on pace. Right. And uh, the defense has been a pleasant surprise when they said top 10, they were serious. The offense has been, the opposite of a pleasant surprise. So to me, all those things contribute to like, they're on pace, they're doing well enough, but they have not done anything that in my opinion, deserves an A relative to their expectations. Yeah. I'm worse on it than you, Sam. I I give them a C. I was thinking a C minus even, Um, but the Vegas stuff, the, the line, the expectations of the record, that all makes sense. But the process in my opinion has been pretty piss poor. And I think that's something that that I'm that I would say James Wiseman not being developed correctly. I would say uh, some of the guys that just look very uncomfortable playing on the team right now, from Kelly Oubre starting the season to kind of like Brad Wanamaker just not being an NBA player at this point, which is insane that he's not an NBA player when he's not even a minimum contract guy, right? Um, Draymond Green, who's been you know, we'll get to him, uh, the coaching staff, all the way that you put all of that together, 1918 should not be the record. Um, it yeah. just doesn't make it doesn't make any sense, and that's and, why that's where the C comes from. And that's why I'm at a B minus. You can't say, "Well, they have a sixth ranked defense," without also saying they have a 22nd ranked offense. They've over the coaching has over prioritized. I don't want to say over prioritized, but like they make decisions with defense first, and some of those decisions have led to the offense being worse. Brad Wanamaker is a prime example. They like the way he defends. Well, you know what doesn't happen when Wanamaker's on the floor? You guys don't score the ball. So it's like one of those things where you can't just be like, how can you criticize the coaching? They have a six ranked defense. I was like, well, they could have like a 12th ranked defense and maybe, maybe have a better record because the offense wouldn't just constantly be stalling and unable to score in the San Antonio game, in the Portland game. I'm just thinking of two off the top of my head where they really let it get away. Yep. So for yep. that, that's our overall grade for them. Yeah. You had what a C. Yeah. And I have a B minus. They're they're passing. They're not awful. There's room for improvement. Um, let's let's start going down the list here. All right, Stephen Curry, who some people thought was washed. Um, I feel like if you think the Warriors deserve higher than a B, what you're really telling me is you don't think Steph's that good. Because for me, the only thing that's changed with Steph this year is his health. He's been healthy, right? Like in general, he's shooting 41% on threes and he's taking the hardest threes he's ever had to take. Anyone. 
That's yeah. what I have to take. 57, 56.7% on twos, which is absurd, again, considering as the always. lineups they use. As always. 29.7 points per game. I mean, he's averaging 26 and 6. Sorry, 36 and 6. Um, basically, in my opinion, playing as well as his unanimous year. And honestly, this is his best defensive year. So what grade do you have for Steph? Ooh. I mean, you just made all the right points. I have him at an A. Um, the only reason I don't have an A-plus is because they've lost quite a few co- close games. And when close games happen, you're going to say, hey, who's quote-unquote, like, kind of blame it on? Like, you could say Steph could have won us a few more of those, right? You, you can probably argue. I won't argue with you. And 19 and 18, like, I'm not the type to say you got an A-plus and you're on a team that's a 500 team. I can't do that either, Sam. But from an individual accomplishment perspective, what he's done so far in this season, I, easily an A. And, and easily a top-two player, if not the best player in the NBA so far, just individually, individually. And the whole across the season, 37 games, he has been the singular, I think, best player um, in the in the entire league. I have a couple other things I want to note in here. Um, the good point on the A plus. Any, I think the only thing that's different between this season and the unanimous MVP year is unanimous MVP year. He hit an absurd amount of clutch shots, like an absurd every amount. single one. Yep, yep. Every this single year. One. It's been a 50-50 proposition. And to your point, if he's hitting like every one of them, like he did unanimous year, they're probably 23 and 14. But you're asking for like, just like, oh, yeah, hit hit a game winner like eight times in a row. (laughs) You know, I mean, so that's, I don't even want to call that a criticism. That's literally the only difference though to me. Right. The expectations um, there are too high. Like no player can do that. Right. Like Kobe took all those shots and he he didn't make all of them, but he took them. And I think that's the more important part. yeah, and um, it's worth noting Andy Bailey put out this stat, and we knew this to be true, but it's always good when we have the number to back it. With Steph on the floor, they are a 48-50 to 50 win team, like that pace, which sounds about right. Pretty good, but not elite because they don't have enough talent. Um, without him, they're a 16-win team, worst team in the NBA. So basically, I don't know what else you want from a player, but we're talking about like Cleveland LeBron level swings in terms of their ability to function with and without him. This is probably more of a Bob Meyer, Steve Kerr topic that we'll get to later, but it's hard to say anything critical of Steph's season. Yep. Uh, I test matches. (laughs) I test matches to stats, by the way. So it is, uh, those numbers are, have been true at a smaller scale, even when Clay was on the team, even when Kevin Durant was on the team. And so we'll finish this section with Steve Kerr and Bob Myers, but this is a indictment, I think, on those guys. And we're seeing it now fall apart after a few years. Absolutely. All right, next player. This one's going to be a little more difficult. Draymond Green. Draymond Green. So important to note, he did start the year with COVID. I think anyone who's watched objectively would say it was bothering him for the first part of the season, for sure. Yep. He missed yep. four games. He really didn't look physically like Draymond for the first 10 to 15 games. With all that said, these are his numbers through the first half of the season. 5.7 points, 6.1 rebounds. He is averaging 8.6 assists and only 2.7 turnovers. That's a three to one assist to turnover ratio. Good math, Um, good math. 39% from the field, 23.7% from three, which I believe... Well, his career lows his rookie year, but it might be his lowest since his rookie year. Jesus. It is. It is his lowest since his rookie year right now. Um, 
And you know, the, the shoot, the, the scoring efficiency is not where you want it, but the defense and the passing is pretty much there. What say you? Now on the flip side of those numbers, you could argue with the Steph Curry uh, kind of on off on the defensive end. You can say this team is X on defense without him, probably bottom tier. Right. Um, and then with him they're they're top tier. Um, and I think that would be true. And I think that's fair. All that being said, probably C plus for me, probably C plus just because uh, he should be better offensively. And it's not that we're asking him to be good offensively. We're asking him to not be absolutely atrocious. And he has been absolutely atrocious. And I think the assist numbers are inflated. And I think what Draymond is on defense is probably the bare minimum. Like you should be that great on defense. It's like Steph Curry. You should be shooting 40% on threes, right? But Steph is doing so many other things great that he gets the A. He's that good. With Draymond, he's good defensively. That's it. The other side of the game is literally hurting the basketball team at this point. Um, and I think the 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 traffic cop stuff, traffic cop stuff, which we've made fun of, I think it's organized the offense. I think it has, but I also think part of that is just guys are playing together longer now. It's been thirty plus games, so they're going to be better together. Um, but I, I'd go C plus, Sam. The defense is good enough to where I don't want to get it lower than that. C plus is a fair grade for me. I was teetering, you know, I was between a B minus and a C. So C plus is about right. I. On the one hand, he has played phenomenal defense. On the other hand, we're not asking him to score 20 points a game. <laughs> I'm, I'm asking him to shoot over 40% from the field and score 10 points a game. It's, it's somewhat amazing how much his offense has declined. You could say Clay being out hurts, but like Clay being out hasn't really hurt Steph all that much. Steph's defense has also gotten better while Draymond's offense has gotten worse. Um, I do take the COVID thing into consideration. I'm not sure I can blame anyone for catching COVID. Um, but he, he's just not getting it done on the offensive end. Even if you want to look at the last 10 games where he's been better, we're talking seven points a game, 42%, 45%. Congratulations. It's not enough. Like he makes 25 million a year. They, he's got to give him a little more in my opinion to get into the B range. And then he needs to overperform to get into the A range. Uh, I think with Steph, I think a lot of times smart people will tell you like, Oh, look what he does with the screen assist gravity, right? Like this is how great he is. But then like, you can also see he's great because he's great. He's, he's a great shooter, playmaker, all of that. Right. With dream it feels like a lot of the times people will tell you, yeah, he's great because of all of these things you don't notice. And it's like, yeah, that's, it's, it's true, but at some point, as a player that gets paid that much and is a Hall of Famer, you should probably be great for things that even normal people would notice, Sam. It doesn't always have to be, you need to be this smart to notice how great Draymond Green is. <laughs> I'm like, just asking for him to be average and everything else. <laughs> like, because when he was at his best, it's not like he was some prolific offensive force. It's just that he did it. He did like an average amount on offense, but then if you watch, you're like, but he's amazing at this other yeah, stuff. So. Yeah. Okay. Moving this forward. Big Jim. James Wiseman, the rookie. Okay. So we have to put these caveats before we discuss him. He has to be graded on a curve because of this. A, he got COVID and missed all of camp. B, 
we all know the three college games plus the very unorthodox draft right before the season, no summer league, none of the traditional kind of things that NBA players get to open themselves into the league. So with that said, what do you grade James Wiseman? A B. It, it just, it's way too early, right? But it's way too early, but a B. Like if I were to objectively just watch him and nobody else this season, no LaMelo ball, nobody else, I would say a B. He's shown enough flashes. I don't think he's put in necessarily the right uh, situation offensively. Um, and he has just not played enough. Um, so I almost went incomplete, Sam. But again, with the ca- with the caveats that you said, you can't go lower than, a, in my opinion. Um, and he's shown enough to where he can be an absolute force um, on offense as to just a primary pick and roll guy, just get into the hoop. He has that Rudy Gobert like gravity. Um, and then defensively, I think he's just too young for me to just say he's terrible. Like everyone's terrible unless you're Draymond as a rookie uh, or he's just meant to play defense. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be. I want B plus. Um, I'm becoming, I'm becoming, you're nicer than me. I'm becoming a softie. Uh, I feel the same way you do. I just think he's shown more flashes and I actually think the negatives on him are more related to the coaching staff than Mm. James Wiseman at this point. Mm. I'm not comparing him to LaMelo. Um, but it is worth noting since he's come back from the wrist injury, he is playing less minutes per game. Um, they don't really know what they're doing. They're yo-yoing his minutes. They're putting yep. him in uncomfortable positions. Yep. Um, he does need to get better at things such as using his hands. Like that is the thing that really scares me a little bit. But beyond that, um, he's shown a lot of flashes. And like, I don't know how else to, to say this. For everything we want to say he's not good at, He's averaging 12 points in 21 minutes reasonably efficiently, 51% from the field, 37% from three. And that's with post-ups that make no sense. The point (laughs) is he's probably – actually, no, he's not probably. He is actually this team's second in points per minute. And, like, he's their second best offensive weapon at this point. I don't don't even know if I want to go there. But um, he's doing a lot of positive things. And, obviously, the potential is through the roof at this point. So I don't know. I think big Jim's done well. I don't think he's been put in the best position, uh, but I'm cautiously optimistic about what's going to come from him moving forward. And that's where I'm at. I think the, the, the final part on, on big Jimmy is that uh, at the end of the season, when we run this back, I want to see where he is mentally, because that to me is the scariest part, the hands, the defense, the, the shooting, you know, there's enough upside with all of that enough where I think it can be fixed. But if you if you're not mentally right, you're not going to be able to play. You can't do anything, right? You're not going to be right, able to play right, baseball, right. basketball, football, work, anything, right? And he not he's not mentally right out there. Um, and uh, hopefully this break will help, and we'll see what happens in the next thirty games, uh, because I think that's the biggest thing that's missing from right, right now. And uh, I just I just can't wait for the Steve Kerr portion uh, in a few minutes. Yeah. All right, let's let's talk about uh, Andrew Wiggins. <sighs> Wiggins had a very hot start to the season. He had a less than hot February. Let's see if I can pull up the splits just to make you angry. Um, Wiggins did end the first half of the season averaging 17 points, four and a half rebounds, 2.2 assists, 46% from the field, which includes 52% on twos, 35% on threes, 
67% on free throws. That part oh. is a little weird. I don't know what's up with the free throws. Um, he did. Yeah. If you're looking at this, he shot 40% on three uh, in January, 27% from three in February. He did shoot well in the two games in March. Not that that means anything. So maybe he's starting to come out of it. He had a, he had a shooting funk from deep in February. Um, what do you give Wiggins? He's another guy that I feel like objectively him individually as a player, I thought was good. I'd give him a B. Um, I think his issues are stemming from the fact that he's not being used correctly offensively. Um, I think Steve Kerr did a great job with getting him defensively to where he needs to be. Ron Adams, whoever you say, but offensively, I, I think they're putting him in a, in a, in a bad situation, especially on a second, second unit guy. Um, way too many ISOs, uh, too much free reign in terms of what he wants to do. Not enough spacing and not enough pick and roll. Just very simple stuff, Sam. Like, not genius here. But those are the things that Andrew Wiggins is obviously good at. I think earlier this season, he was very confident going downhill, making decisions kind of just as the primary ball handler. And I think that he could keep doing that. But in a triangle offense that they want to run, not his strength. And I don't know if I blame that on him. So I'll give him a B. Very good defensively. I think he does recover. Does look a little fatigued. Uh, does look like the injuries caught up to him a little bit. So excited to, uh, to see him in the second half. Yeah, and I would give him a B minus because I think the floating out of the game got a lot worse um, the last 10 to 15 games of uh, before the All-Star break. And I would have potentially given him a B plus if he didn't have kind of a subpar February. Like, I think his January deserved a B plus, maybe even an A minus. No, probably B plus. But his February was more like a C plus. So... I kind of averaged that out to B minus for me. Um, the defense, it's hard to argue. Defense has been an A for me. I think it's beyond what I could have expected from him. I don't think he'll make all defensive team, but he has a he has a legitimate case to be one of the better wing defenders in the NBA. And that's pretty cool, right? Yeah. Um, offensively, though, it's the same mixed bag. And as the season's gone on, he's fallen more in love with the fadeaway mid-range shot. What are we doing? Yeah, he, yeah, he's, he's not taking it to the rim. He's kind of doing all the things that we disliked him doing in Minnesota, to be honest. Yeah. So as long as the defense stays steady, he's in the B range for me. Um, but the offense is a C, honestly. And, you know, B minus about right for what he is. All right, yeah. let's move to our favorite player. The fans' favorite player, Kelly Oubre. A. <laughs> even with the uh, yeah. even with the nightmare start to the season, I gave two people an A, Sam, and it's nineteen and eighteen team, not not great, but two people an A and uh, Kelly Oubre, man. It's just I think him coming back from that slump was was more impressive. <laughs> like that is more impressive because that slump, while not it's all time bad slump, but happens to players in the Warrior system. And I almost don't blame that slump on him that much. I blame it on the type of style that he was forced to play in. And then he essentially came back from that, rose from the dead. Now he's a very good shooter. He's cutting. He's able to, he's like scoring in the mid-level too. Like he's got these like floaters, not all the time, but like he's got enough touches where he's doing that. He's been very fun and very good defensively. All season long. That's also gotten better as the season. He was kind of just athletic in the early part. Now it's like coherent, positive defense. And he might be the second best rebound, third best rebounder on the team. Like it's probably Draymond, Steph even. But like Ubre is a fantastic rebounder and he's willing to mix it up with guys where Andrew Wiggins, we just talked about, just vanishes half the time. 
So yeah, that mean, is a that is a good right. point. They're like desperate for he likes physicality. He's willing to Loves mix it, it up. And it's absolutely necessary because I, I just don't see them coaching that out of Wiggins. Like I, I no, kind of think no. he is who he is. Like we should just be happy at the fact that he's playing really good defense. Uh, but he's he, Wiggins will give you one 10 rebound game every couple of weeks, and you're like, thank you, where he's mixing it up. And then the next game, he'll go back to doing his same old thing. Yeah. It's frustrating. Yeah. Now yeah. I'm back on Wiggins. <laughs> uh, I give I Oubre give a B. And it's as simple as this. January, 40% yeah. from the field, 27.5% um, from three, 13 points, five rebounds, 52 shooting percentage, all around bad. February... 50% from the field, 43% from three, 20 points per game, six rebounds. Defense got better, 60 true shooting percentage. I mean, he's been – on the one hand, I feel great about him because he's gotten better as the year has gone on. On the other hand, if I'm grading the first 37 games, like it's hard to not say that like he was disgusting the first you know, third of the season, okay the second third, and phenomenal the final third. Uh, I'm excited to see what he does back from the wrist injury. I think we talked about it on the last podcast. I think I'm coming around to your point that I would probably rather keep Ubre than Wiggins. If it was an either or situation, I don't know. It's that simple. Like yeah. obviously it'd be good to keep both of them. Cause you need as many wings you can get, but um, Ubre plays with a level of energy and, and force that changes a game that uh, you could probably give him a couple a couple wins in February were purely like, you know, Steph was maybe looking gas, Draymond was looking gas, and Ubre gave him a little energy punch that was necessary. He just he's got he just good vibes from Kelly Ubre. You know, a lot of bad vibes in the beginning, but a lot of good vibes now. And I think, you know, I thought of this last no night. No assists, just vibes. Yeah, no, not a, not a, and you know, and that leads to the what I was thinking about. Have him run the second unit offense right now because if you're not going to run an offense, actually, we're getting to the good part of the podcast. If you're not going to run an offense that takes advantage of the strengths of the players, and I don't think they are with Andrew Wiggins, then put Kelly Oubre in there. He's going to go in there. He's going to attack the rim. He's going to put up some shit. Like, it's probably not going to be all great, but at least he's at least he's going to play hard. At least he's going to be aggressive. He's going to go to the hole. He's going to try to try to make something happen. Or I think with Andrew Wiggins, I think he tries to make something happen like, once every two weeks and with Ubre, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I just really like his mentality and attitude this season. I think that's something that would extend. And I think, again, I said this a million times. I think he's on the team next season. I think he should be. Um, so I think hey. I agree with you. I think I agree with you. I also don't know how big a market there is for him because more teams want wings who are just three and D guys. And yeah. He's not really a three and D guy. No, no. Yeah. So um, vibes and, any vibes and vibes guy yeah vibes and cuts yeah that's what he, that's what he does um all right let's do the bench real quick i'm gonna do the bench as a whole because we really don't need to go like michael Mulder, juan toscano anderson brad wanamaker so bench as a whole even though wiseman is technically a bench player right now he's too big to not throw on so we'll, looney plus the bench a c i think a c for me um, I don't know how they're used. I don't know if they're used the right way, but a C because Brad Wanamaker is there. <laughs> um, Damian Lee has and Michael Mulder have been solid this season. Um, Agreed. Eric Pascal has been good, has been bad, but it is what it is. Ken Bazemore has been phenomenal, even though he's been extremely frustrating. Um, but I think there's just there's just there's just not enough. They have too many players 
that can be good and bad and you never know what's going to happen. So there's zero consistency. And that's where that grade comes from. It's that if you told me that Brad Wanamaker could only play defense, but do it very well and make one three a game, then that's fine. Right. Or same with actually the better example is Ken Pacemore. If you could tell me he would be consistent doing this every game, even if it's frustrating, then that'd be great. But he'll just come in and he'll just do some dumb stuff like two games in a row. Right. Um, and then he'll come back and, and, and be awesome the next one. And so I think that's the type of stuff, especially with someone like Michael Mulder and Damian Lee, where they're in the rotation, they're not in the rotation. There's just zero consistency. And I think that's a tough part. I didn't even get the pass hole yet. I'll let you do that. But uh, I think that's where the lack of consistency from any of these guys is the, uh, is the what and, so, and a lot of this, I think, falls on Bob uh, because it's not a very talented bench. Like, honestly, like I, I can't grade – so Wanamaker gets like a, an F because he's playing. He should be out of the league. 35% from the field, 23% from three. Jesus. Just not good enough, right? And that's not a scheme thing. That's not a – Right, right, right. That's not a, well, he's just a minimum guy type of thing. That's like literally you shouldn't play in the NBA on those numbers. Um, so th- that's bad. Beyond that, though, like, I mean, Michael Mulder's on a vet minimum. He's overperforming that. Damian Lee, vet minimum. He's overperforming that. Um. Kent Bazemore vet minimum overperforming that like they're, they're doing fine. Juan Toscano Anderson's been a really good feel good story. And I think he should be on a full contract. Um, on the flip side, the guy who I'm kind of most disappointed in is someone like Eric Pascal. Honestly, uh, his shot hasn't gotten better. Maybe this is a warriors thing. This is a player development thing, but his three points, he's shooting 29% from three last year. He pretty much shot 29, 30% from three. The shot's still funky. And if he can't shoot from outside, like he's not good enough to yep. be an everyday player yep. Yep. just based on his you know, mid-range and inside scoring. He's not LeBron James, he's not Dwayne Wade, where you're just like, first off, LeBron can shoot, but like, you know, like or like Ben Simmons, like we're like, all right, he can't shoot, but he's phenomenal in here, you know. I just realized you just you said something that hit. Um, uh, all these guys are like switch hitters. And they're like switch hitters that aren't even good with like terrible splits because you said everyday player. And none of these guys are everyday players, right? None of these guys. And usually most benches are not. Um, but these guys are so talent deficient that they're like, they're essentially like triple A guys um, that are playing. And so, and so they'll have. Oh yeah, yeah. You're talking about like this guy hits well against lefty pitchers, yeah. but can't hit righties. So when you, when there's like a lefty on the mound, you're like, all right, exactly. we'll get him in there today. Yeah, exactly. But they're like, not even like their, their splits aren't even that good. It's like, well, you know, he does do okay against lefties. So let's maybe throw him in there and figure it out. And like that, that's really what this bench is like. They, they've got no one that you can say, all right, this team is small ball. Let's throw Pasco in there. Cause he's going to be amazing. He's going to be unstoppable. Or like this team uh, allows a lot of threes. All right, let's get Mulder in there. He's going to make five threes. And it's like, I don't think that's true. It's like these guys can all do some things, but they really can't do anything. <laughs> and, and they're never consistent. And so uh, I'm with you, though. It's hard to blame. The, it's hard to blame the players for that. It's really hard to blame the players for that. Um, yeah, it's more of a like, I mean, I, I don't like Bazemore is a perfect example. Were you expecting more than this yeah. is kind of like the peak I was expecting from Bazemore. You know, the bigger issue is that like Bazemore is your bench, best bench wing. Um, yeah, so yeah, okay. Now it's time to move to the fun ones. Should we start with uh Bob Myers? I want you to start with Bob Myers. You want me to start with Bob? Okay, yeah, I want you to start with Bob Myers. So let's start here. Um, I think you have stronger feelings than I. Well, he did construct the roster, 
I thought, okay, so clay injury, no one's fault. We have to consider 35 million just wasted. Joe Lacob did okay them to use the uh, the TPE. He got Kelly Oubre. I think that was a great move because Kelly Oubre is 25. They're probably going to get to re-sign him. I think he can be a valuable piece for them going forward, and they might even be able to re-sign him at a, at a better contract than what he's currently on. Um, probably in the same range, to be honest. I don't know. Uh, but um, I think that was a good move. I think Wanamaker was a terrible move. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know where you go with the Wanamaker thing. Bazemore on a vet minimum was a good move. Um, and then James Wiseman. I think why the Wiseman pick probably gets a, uh, a B minus from me right now because it's just clear LaMelo's better. It just is. At this point, LaMelo, it's your worst case scenario where he looks like he could be the foundational piece of your next era. And by that, I mean, people tell me Wiseman can be a foundational piece and he can be, but what team in the NBA is built around a big Philly? That's it. Every team's built around a playmaker, right? Like the number one what, thing what you want good is team is built around a big yes. better way to put it. Yeah. yeah. yeah you, the most important thing in the NBA is a playmaker. And he looks like a six, eight playmate. He looks, I can make a case. His rookie year has been better through the first half than Luka Doncic's. Your and biggest right with Bob Myers is that then that that's yeah. really the crux. of. I it. think, and I think uh, any sort of fit thing is them just trying to spin it. But end of the day, he may have he he's drafted a really good player, but he may have passed on the best player. And I just don't know how you look like I DeAndre Ayton is gonna be a phenomenal player for for Phoenix for a long time, but you can't tell me that they feel happy that they passed on Luca for him. You know, like I don't think this is a Bagley over Luca situation. I think this is a situation where they may have taken the second or third best player, but the best player went after him. And time will tell with that. Time will tell. But when you look at the process for how they came to that pick, end of the day, if Lamelo ends up being a better player, you can't say they made the right pick. Yeah, and I don't even think that the fit stuff is true. I don't even know if the timeline stuff is true. I I think they. I think they may have genuinely just thought they picked the best player. And I think right. that's a bigger problem than anything else. Um, and, and, and for me, I don't even, uh, I'm still kind of TBD. I'm, I'm still on like, Hey, I think big Jim's going to be great. And this LaMelo stuff we'll see. Um, Cause who, like for me, Trey young right now, Sam, if you, and I'm not saying LaMelo's Trey young, but Trey young had a fantastic rookie season and he popped up. And I think he's one of those guys where, Luca's a different story. He's incredible. I think he's just all, going to be awesome forever. But I think Trey Young, I don't think you can win with Trey Young. And I think that's one of those things where we'll see with LaMelo because LaMelo's got more joy. He seems like someone that people actually want to play with, where Trey Young seems like a miserable person to play with. Right. Um, but Trey Young, one of those, I'm, yeah, it's just a great start to his career, I think, because he's a rookie and you just don't think rookies are going to be good. And then a couple years down the line, two years later, like, do I think Trey Young is going to be good? I don't know whether he's like how good he's going to be. I don't think he can be a foundational piece of a of a championship team. So, um, I think that's that's another thing that I'm I'm going to put the brakes on for me though, Sam. I think with Bob Myers, I think I give him just a C. I, I hesitate to go lower than that because I don't think he has the power in the front office to matter. So I just don't think how much blame I put on Bob Myers um, on making some of these moves because I think the next guy is the guy to have the problem with. Yeah, and um. 
I'm just going to say this. So I think we both agree Kerr didn't want LaMelo Ball. Okay. <laughs> um, he's not been shy about how he feels about uh, LeVar. And then secondarily, Kerr doesn't like players who dribble, which is kind of insane to me because literally every star loves to have the ball in their hands and dribble. And your coach's job is to kind of curb it as opposed to like disdain for it. Like Wanamaker, like, what are we doing here? You know, like that sort of stuff. But anyway, um, with all that said, it, it's the GM's job to make the right pick and to convince everyone right, that's that fair. it's the right pick. So you know, I'm not even mad about the Wiseman pick. And I keep wanting to say this because I know some people get very upset by bringing this up. But like when I look at it, I'm seeing, I just think LaMelo is going to end up being the better player. I think a playmaker is more valuable than a big. And he looks like he's on the trajectory to be a star level playmaker. If Wiseman becomes a star level big, we're talking about who do you want? The playmaker or the big? I'm going to always side with the playmaker, particularly if the playmaker is six eight. So it's that simple for me. It's not a, you know, it is what it is, but if I want to knock Bob Myers, it's on that. And it's on a lot of the ancillary uh, picks on the roster. So I give him a C. Okay. Now move on to Uh. Steve, Steve Kerr. Let's see. We've talked about the team 19 and 18, sixth ranked defense, 22nd ranked offense. Andy. The only reason I don't give him an F is because an F would mean that I want another coach. And it's hard to find another coach better than Steve Kerr out there that aren't already coaching in the NBA. Okay. So I think that's why I can't do an F. But a D minus because he has literally done nothing this season, in my opinion. Nothing. What has he actually done to help the team this season? I, I searched long, far and wide last night, Sam, when I thought about this. Uh, I can't you're think of You text me at 4 a.m. like still searching for what Kerr has done. Not a damn thing. Steph Curry has been amazing. Draymond Green came back from COVID, has been often uh, uh, amazing defensively and pulled this team up. Uh, Andrew Wiggins has been who Kelly Oubre, if anything, he came back from himself because of the slump that he had to pull with this team. I don't think he's done anything offensively to put this team in the right place. He's worn Steph out. He keeps saying that he wants to play Steph less minutes, but it feels like he's worn him out by playing him in an offense where Steph has to run through 18,000 screens a day. Big Jim has lost his confidence this season already. Only 30 games into his freaking rookie season. And that's Steve a Kerr, big one. Huge. I should probably start it with that one because Steve Kerr's job essentially at this point this season is to develop the guy that they picked with a second pick that they've compared to some of the highest talented players like potential bigs yeah, in the entire NBA. And their job is developing, and they've not done that. And that's not even getting into why Wanamaker's playing. Wanzis Connell Anderson, he should be playing more, right? Michael Mulder, Damian Lee, those guys should have been playing more when they were shooting well. Like, we can go down the laundry list, Sam, but this season. But those are the things, especially with James Wiseman, that tell me, you wanted him, you drafted him, you want to develop him, you're not doing it then what are you doing this season? Because you're not, you're, not, you're not putting this team in a place to win. They're 19 and 18, right? If they did, they'd be better. That's not true. I, I think you hit on my favorite point, which is the double speak. Um, mm. I give Steve a C-. And my reason is pretty simple. You say this year, that's not what this year is about. But you've ruined your big rookie's confidence. 
Mm-hmm. Like if the, if the point of this year is to develop James Wiseman, I don't see development happening. I see you putting a guy whose skill set is quite frankly, uh, a mixture. His skill set is a mixture of Bosch and Giannis to me face up guy that spin move when attacking downhill is Ooh, elite. Disgusting. Can pop and shoot a little bit. He can't shoot it like Bosch. That's for sure. But, um, he has the makings of a player who can shoot the ball enough yeah. to be a shooting threat. Like he shoots yeah. it better than Giannis did. Yeah. Um, uh, and to me, he strikes me as a player who should be operating out of face up uh, from the mid post or out of pick and rolls from the three point line. Instead you have him doing these dumb Andrew Bogut impressions. And to me, it's like, I, I don't see why people think he's that type of player because his, uh, his feel for passing in those positions is non-existent. It's not who he is yep. in many ways. Yep. It's like, would you ask Steph Curry to um, operate in, in post-ups, you know, like something like that, like, okay, that, that's a bad analogy, but it's like, you got to use true. players to their advantages. Like I'm think about some of the ways that like Mark Jackson used clay Thompson. And you're like, why is clay operating out of a pick and roll? Why are we posting up clay 10 times a game? And it's like all this sort of stuff. All of a sudden, Steve Kerr came in. You got Clay running off of screens and doing stuff that made sense for him. And Clay takes off as an all-star, right? In some ways, I see the way they're using Big Jim. And I'm like, it's very clear to me he's a modern big man who should be operating uh, primarily in actions that have him going downhill or popping um, towards the rim or cutting or just stuff that doesn't have him making a decision with the ball in his hands. And instead they're doing the opposite with him. And I don't, I don't really understand it. Maybe that changes, but that's on the coaching. So that's one, two, the other Steve Kerr point, which is like, he doesn't want to wear down Steph, but he's also kind of wearing down Steph by playing him uh, in this role that has him running 14 miles a game and whatever it may be. Um, you got to mention that too. Now on the positive for Kerr, six rank defense. He gets credit for that. Cause when we say Kerr, we're talking about the coaching staff. He's just ahead of it, right? He gets credit for the good, just as he gets blamed for the bad. I, the point I made earlier in the podcast is kind of has to go hand in hand for all the decisions they've made that make him a good defense. Those are also the decisions that have led them to be an awful offense, right? Like you have Steph Curry and you can't generate good offense. That's kind of a that's a coaching thing, right? So yeah, Luka Doncic last season. It's not like he had the greatest freaking supporting cast in the world. Had the greatest ranked offense of all time. Like, okay, I get inflation, I get all that stuff. I get where the NBA is today, defense, all that. But you have Steph Curry, who, in my opinion, greatest offensive player of all time, greatest offensive player in the league right now. And you have a bottom tier offense, Sam. What? Yeah. <laughs> what, what what is that? Um, and so I think. I want to pull it back a little bit to what you were saying earlier because you hit on a point. He's coaching James Wiseman to beat Kevon Looney. And there is, like, like, what are, like, Kevon Looney is great at being Kevon Looney. Let Kevon be Kevon. It's perfect. James Wiseman should not be Kevon Looney. James Wiseman is James, James Wiseman is James Wiseman. James Wiseman is also, like you said, a product of the modern basketball game. Uh, you know who else is going to be the product of the, the modern basketball game? Uh, Jalen Green. Uh, who's the other anyone big? at who's, number, who's the other big anyone at the Wolves pick? Uh, yes, Evan C, Mobley. Evan Mobley. I was gonna say C. Yeah. Why was I gonna say CJ? Evan Mobley, Amoni Bates, Chet, whoever the hell coming into the league, right? Who, whatever player you want to name in the next five NBA drafts, 
they are all modern NBA players because it is 2021. It's to how basketball works. You want to go back and play the way that things were played when Triangle was running through. Like, then you go back there, then find players to do that. But and they did. Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston, Steph, Clay, Draymond. But what happens now is it's a different league. Nobody plays defense anymore. Your fifth-ranked defense is overrated. It's not actually a good defense, in my opinion. I had them as a top-five defense. But when they play against good offensive teams, Sam, it's not good. The they're, not getting not stop- good. they're not getting stops at a rate that it matters. Yeah. It, that's, there you that's go. The, that's the thing. Like, I know that Lakers, for example, can get stops when it matters. I don't think this Warrior team can get stops when it matters. Yeah, I think it's, it's an inflated yeah. defense. It's an inflated, it's inflated defense. And so if that's not the case, and what's really the difference between the fifth ranked defense and the 13th ranked defense, right? And then you, why don't you, and then the difference, I think between a, tw- what were they offensively? 22nd or something? 22nd, yeah. 22nd, like get, get, they should at least be in the top half, at least be 15th. Like that's embarrassing that they're in the 22nd. And that's a product of the system that you're playing today. Um, no talent. Thank you, Bob Myers. But that's, here's the other part then. Here's the other part. Steve Kerr is also in charge of picking the players that are on this team. We can't just say Bob Myers is in charge of picking these guys, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why is Brad Wanamaker on this team? I feel like that's probably Steve Kerr. He's a good passer. He's a good defender. He's a good triangle offense. I don't know. That's why he's on the team. Um, and I think that's that's one of the big problems, again, that is that he's also the architect of this team. This is worth noting. I just looked this up. The Warriors' defensive rating is 10 points better than the worst defense in the NBA. Okay. So the sixth ranked defense is 10 points better than the 30th ranked defense. Their 22nd ranked offense is 10 points worse than the best offense. My point is their difference between the best offense and their difference between the worst defense is the same. I now trying to dance around this point in my head. My point is, as you said, their defense is not nearly as good as that number six ranking indicates. Like there's a bigger gap between one and six on defense than there is between six and right um, 20. Honestly, the gap right. between them and the 20th ranked defense is about the same as the rank, the gap between them and the first ranked defense. All of this points back to That's what insane. you're saying. It's insane. It's, it's a little overrated. They do play good defense. They do not play game changing. No we can get a stop when our life depends on it. We've seen that defense too, by the way. Like we watched it for five seasons, the greatest freaking teams of we've ever or ever going to see um, play game-changing defense. That would 18-0 runs. Like this Laker defense is good, but it wasn't that um, because this, the offense yeah, this is this, right off that defense. Yeah, oh exactly. God. Like this Laker defense oh. with Anthony Davis can engage at a very high level. But yeah, yes. But, oh, man. And so I think like uh, – there should here's my final piece on steve it's there should be a more um w- there should be more willingness to coach the way the nba is moving towards and to put Thank players you. in situations um that they can succeed um and because because if he doesn't if he doesn't i like should he even be coaching in the nba 5 years from now i don't know like that that's the thing he obviously should be right now but it just if you don't have Steph Curry, really is what it is. If he doesn't have Steph Curry, I think they need to make it. Yeah. And your point is right. They need to make a decision. They either, the coaching staff either adapts to the modern NBA and develops Wiseman the way they should, and maybe the Wolves pick in the way they should. And they kind of scrap the system that worked from 15 to 19 and kind of get something a little more modern. Or you trade those young players 
for specific system fits, um, hopefully who aren't 35. But like you, you, you have to do one or the other because I don't think trying to force James Wiseman to play in the triangle is going to work. You don't put like a square peg in a round hole. Like you got to go one way or another. And that is what's frustrating right now because uh, you see it on Wiseman's face. Like I feel for the kid. I just because I think LaMelo is better than him does not mean I don't think this kid has a chance to be a perennial all-star and be a stud player in this league. And I don't want to see that wasted because they're trying to turn him into yep. um, Bill Cartwright or something, you know, there, there is, there is an, e- there is an egotistical battle that, or there's an egotistical problem. Um, I think that's hurting people's careers. And I think it's fine if it's Brad Wanamaker, just frankly, who cares? Right, he's not in the NBA forever. Like it's it's gonna be oh he'll be fine. But if you ruin James Wiseman's career because of this, it's a fireable offense. It's a fireable offense. Or or even worse, he you 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 stunt his growth and then he moves on to the next team and like figures it out in year five six because they get a coaching staff who like wants to develop him the way his skill set works as opposed to try to make him something he isn't. Which same. is funny. I, to be funny, honest, it's the same point. But. <laughs> fun, fun, no, I mean, funnily enough, that's the who the Warriors think they are with guys like Andrew Wiggins. So. Some mornings, Sam, you wake up, you're feeling ready to pull the covers over your head, go back to sleep. I mean, it's pretty, pretty standard. That's me every morning. No judgment, of course, but let's make having the most comfortable sheets the reason why. Don't love your sheets? Brooklinen has you covered. So Brooklinen was started by Rich and Vicky, who also tried to find beautiful home essentials that didn't cost an arm and a leg. And when they couldn't, they founded Brooklinen as the first direct-to-consumer bedding company. So they work directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury-level markups. Brooklinen has a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs and tastes. Brooklinen has over 50,000, wow, five-star reviews and counting. They are so confident you will love their products. They even offer a 365-day money-back guaranteed. And Brooklyn is so much more than sheets. They've got... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Comforters, pillows, towels, even loungewear and more. Go to brooklinen.com, use promo code LIGHTYEARS to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more, plus free shipping. That's brooklinen, B-R-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, and enter promo code LIGHTYEARS to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more, free shipping. Of course, brooklinen.com, use promo code one more time, 
light years at checkout. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to roman.com slash lightyears now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com slash lightyears and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash lightyears and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash lightyears. Get started now to save $15 off your first month of treatment. So right, wrap we, this up with the second half, huh? Yeah, we, uh, we went longer on the grades than we wanted. So second half will be kind of uh, a little quicker, but let's start here. All right, Steph Curry, what do you want to see in the second half? I want to see the same um, from Steph Curry. Um, he's always been a better three-point shooter than he has been um, in his career across the second half. So um, I think about the same from Steph. I think the fatigue um, may end up being an issue, and I don't don't think it's a Damian Lillard, James Harden fatigue. He's just so much more active than both those guys, offensively and defensively, that if he's fatigued, it's actually like it's it's not good. So the same, just about the same. I wouldn't change anything with Steph Curry. He's been great. Stay healthy. I'm less concerned about the fatigue because um, it just it feels like every year right before the all-star break, he looks like he could use a break. You know what I'm saying? He has the ability to turn up a little bit. So just stay healthy, Steph. Do the same thing you're doing. Wow, everyone. All right, Draymond Green. 10 points a game, please. Please. <laughs> I don't even care about percentages. Remember when we used to care about percentages like three months ago? Uh, now it's just like, I don't shoot 20 times if you have to, but please, no, I'm, but like, you know what I mean? Like, look, if you're going to be a 40%, 39% from the field guy, fine. But can you just shoot enough so that you can actually score 10 points a game? Um, their record is what it is, right? The record is what it is when he scores over seven points. Like get to eight, 10. I already lowered my standards while I was talking. Get to 10 points a game, please. It is you're not. Gonna end, you're going to end this segment with like, give me six and a half points. Please. <laughs> It's not, it's not fucking hard, man. $25 million. You can't score 10 points a game. It's absolutely pathetic. I like that one. 10 points per game, 30% from three. If he hits those two numbers in the second half, I will give him an A for the second half of the season. Jesus Christ. Um, God, now I feel like, uh, yeah, like I'm bargaining with him. Um, (laughs) I think that's kind of something we need people to be hard. We need to be able to, (laughs) (laughs) that is, I think that's a realistic, um, ask for him and i think that's kind of uh what we want to see the defense will be there the passing will be there just be a credible scoring threat a yep. little more consistently all right uh andrew wiggins i think for me just uh a little bit more playmaking i think maybe a little bit more freedom um from steve to tell him like hey here's a pick and roll here's do what you want because i think a lot of these guys when you're not able to handle like andrew wiggins kind of need a pick and roll right you can't go iso 
The guy can barely go ISO against Frank Kaminsky. Every ice, every ISO is just a fadeaway because yeah. he can't he can't blow by. He can't blow by. So what happens with when that is just get him and pick and roll. So I would like to see a little more playmaking freedom. Um, free throws. Last year, oh, Jesus, he averaged yeah. five free throw attempts a game. For his career, he's averaged 5.2. He's been a guy who gets to the line five to six times a game at very, like for most of his career. This year, he's only getting to the line 3.3 times. And it's endemic with the same thing, which is he's not going to the rim with force. It's good that his three-point shot has improved, and I like it. But I want to see him go to the rim a little more often with a little more force. So forget the percentage, although that is, I don't know why he, you know, the, the Warrior fans love to say Wigadala. That was a part of Wigadala he didn't need to take. Um, uh, I just want to see him take a little more force to it. I think everything else I'm happy with. The defense, keep it the same. Playmaking, mostly okay. Um, I just want to see him get to the rim a little more because they're going to need it. Yep. Kelly Oubre. Uh, I think the cutting is probably the biggest one. Um, he'll, he'll have ebbs and flows with his shooting, but I think it's the, it's the cutting. Um, being smart enough to get to the hole when he's open because he's going to be open. And I think he's on this team for the for the future. And I think when he plays with Steph and Clay, it's going to be even better. So that that's the stuff that I'd love to see more moving forward. Play more like uh, – play like it's February every month. That's what I want to see from Oubre. If I wanted to see, guy? Oh, man. If I wanted to see some sort of skill development, I mean, I'd like to see him be a little more of a passer, but I don't think it's coming. Yeah, I just don't think yeah. it's who he is. Um, and I can live with it because he does so much other stuff. So honestly, if he just continues his February play, I can even deal with the three-point shooting coming down to earth. Yeah. Um, but like play like he's played in February and I am more than happy. You know, I'm, I'm not, I don't have any uh, uh, illusions that he's going to turn into KD. Um, James Wiseman. Yeah, we had lots of big gym segments throughout. I think we sprinkled in, but really, uh, the the biggest one is mental mental stability. I sound like a fucking therapist, but that's the biggest one. It just just get this <laughs> get this guy back to a place where he's having fun and playing basketball. Um, he's too young to be hating the game out there. You know what I mean? Andre Godala looks like he hates the game sometimes because he's a old man. He's grumpy. Um, but James Wiseman, nineteen, enjoy the game. And I think that they've they, they've got to find that back. Um, he's got too much talent to waste. I like that. I want to see Big Jim smile. Yeah. Um, yeah. Play, play with a smile. He's clearly overthinking everything. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be a comment I'm going to give for Kerr. But uh, stop doing that. Um, I want to see him. I want to see everything slow down for him a little bit more. I like the jump shot. It's got form. But, like, still, when you watch him, like, run to the three-point line, you can see a guy who's, like, everything's moving a little too fast for him. Yeah, so, like, play fast. with a smile, slow down a little bit. The talent yeah. is there. He's going to be a damn good player. Um, I just want to see him get a little more confidence. Yeah, LaMelo's out there having fun every day. LaMelo out there smiling, laughing it up. That's a big difference. And quite frankly, like, yeah. I mean, people tell me LaMelo wouldn't be doing this on the Warriors. And that might be true. But who's that an indictment on? It's not an indictment on LaMelo or Wiseman. Anthony Edwards out there having fun. So let's get James Wiseman out there. Um, All right, next one. Bob Myers. Let's <laughs> let's take this one only in context of like this season. Like we have an off-season wish list and we'll do a bazillion pods on that when we get there. What do you want to see from Bob before the deadline? Um I think you got to use the disabled player exception because I think the only thing there that um hurts the Warriors is that unless they're giving away a future first is 
you're just paying luxury tax and uh, we don't care about that. So I think use a disabled player exception. I think maybe if you got to get like, here's the thing. If you, if the, the Seattle Seahawks just basically said, and, and midway through the season didn't work out, but they said, you know, you're not going to get any running backs. You're going to have to pass, you know, Russell Wilson, you're going to have to pass Pete Carroll, even though you love to run. And when that happened, they won a lot of games. And I'm just ignoring the second half of the season. Forget it. I think with Bob, what he has to do is if Steve is going to get married to playing Brad Wanamaker, just cut him. Like sometimes you got to take decision out of these coaches' hands. So that's some uh, that's some big time Billy Bean logic. Uh, that, that's actually during what I the meant, I think yeah that's during the meant, during the uh, the manager didn't uh, who was it was it uh, Art Howe Art Howe didn't want to play Scott Hatterberg. so Billy just traded his uh, his starting first baseman. He's like yeah yeah he's gone now you got to play him. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's really that, that's what I was trying to get at. Seahawks, I was thinking more of some like I don't know. They had Travis Homer playing running back for a while, so he kind of needed to pass. But seems like at that at some point you just it is it is the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> at some point you're just gonna have to say, look, if you're playing these guys and they're playing too much, like if Jordan Poole needs to play, that's really the big topic here. Um, if Jordan Poole needs to play and he needs to play over guys, get rid of those guys that he should be playing over. I'm not even a Jordan Poole fan. But he looked fantastic against the Suns. Get him some. Run. He's earned a. He's earned. He run. earned it. He's earned it. He needs some run, and he's another guy that gets a Steve point where it's like give him more opportunities. But anyway, um, yeah, we could do. I want to see Steve. I want to see Bob make at least one trade. I want to see him use the DPE. I want to see him make moves for players like Kelly Oubre, where it's like they can help a little bit now, but like what you're really getting is a player who can be a piece next year when Clay comes back and maybe you do some other things around the roster. So I want to see Bob do that. All right. Finally, our guy, Stephen Kerr. Stevie. Steve-O. Steve-O. Um, with Steve, it's, it's very simple. Just let go. Let go. Smoke some weed. You know, let go a little bit. You know, he doesn't like that. Remember, maybe yeah. that's the pro- is that the fundamental problem? Smoke some weed. I'm not even a weed guy, but he needs to relax a little bit. I think the, his thing is let go of the philosophy and principles that got you to where you are today. Um, and it worked in some places. It didn't work in other places, right? It didn't work in Phoenix. Right? It didn't. It didn't. It didn't really work with the Warriors until kind of Draymond Green stole that starting spot, and you know he was really the guy. Because I think they, I think Steve loves David Lee, and uh, I think you gotta let go of some of that stuff. You gotta adapt. The San Antonio Spurs right now are like the fifth best record in the West because Greg Popovich just does daps. He just figures it out, and I think Steve Kerr is not trying to figure it out. I think he's just saying, "This is what we need to do," and it's not working. Just let go. Be less stubborn. Stop trying to fight an ideological battle. I think about the fact yeah, that remember yeah. when remember when Steve got caught tweeting something he was trying to DM about Harden, and yeah. it's just it, I mean we knew it about Steve, but Steve is definitely the guy who's like old man yelling at the cloud like this style of basketball. Oh, these kids, it's not real basketball, you know. And Dude, 2015 is not coming back. You're not getting Bogut. You're not getting a Godala. I don't even know that those players exist in 2021. Like their style of play has just changed, right? Like are kids coming up today trying to be Andrew Bogut or Andre Godala? No. Yeah. You know, like uh-huh. you, you kind of have to adapt to the skill sets you have. So I just want to see change there. Yep. And uh, 1918. 
So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think the second half, I think uh, the second half has just a couple large questions. I think it's focused on Steve Kerr and James Wiseman. If I'm going to be honest with you, Sam, because if they're going to tell us that this isn't a postseason run, then the second half of the season is two things. It's what Steve Kerr does, the development of this team, and James Wiseman. I think that's it. Honestly, I think that's it. Agreed. All right, brother. Talk to you later.